0: what's what I find really interesting and really fascinating about this down to the wire tournament as a whole, uh, over the past weekend here, um, the casual setups were occupied, but not really. And what ended up happening is that during the tournament, everybody stopped to watch like the finals or they, uh, they would watch, uh, other matches, you know, like everybody was supporting each other more at a local than what i'm used to and i think what i remember in street fighter 5 era was everybody would play and they would immediately just go run casual somewhere else for me it wasn't any
1: boredom or disrespect to any of the top players it's just when i was coming up i I wanted to play you know as much as i could and uh i think part of that could be the online experience from four was terrible so when i got to a tournament this was my time to play the people that I wanted to play. When we're all at the police station now, I could go home and have good matches with any one of you guys. So I'm more inclined to spend my time at that moment watching versus grinding.
0: The absolute guard podcast yes welcome this is episode 54 my name is benny
2: and as always i'm joined by my co-host john who is the chunli to my Dalson, i guess
0: <laughs> yes i do those characters even interact in the lore i'm not even sure actually i think chunli is mainly paired with guile yeah but i'm curious i think Dalson mainly interacts with ryu so that's the that's, that's well, in 6, connection. it was Lily.
2: I went through the arcade mode one time, and it was like Oh, Lily. really?
0: I had yeah. no idea. Okay. Yeah. What? How do they meet? Like, what's the story there? Um, I think he found something
2: with, like, you know, the, uh, I think it's Blue or Psycho Power or something like that in, in where she's at, and then, like, she's, like, dumbfounded by him being able to float and all this stuff. Oh, okay. And I guess, I think you're supposed to go through arcade mode, like, three times to unlock some stuff, because I did it once. Oh, really? There's more story? That's cool. Yeah. I think, there's, I think there's more stuff to do, or there's more stuff to like art and stuff to unlock.
0: Ah, Dawson is a yoga instructor, says Thrasher in the chat. Cool. Oh. No. That makes sense. <laughs> Speaking of Thrasher, who do we have on the show today? Well, we have uh, two special guests on today. We have uh, Big Mac Combo, who is a strong, consistent top, top eight player in our scene. Uh, he strikes fear in the hearts of his fellow Arizona op- opponents with his active, reactive Ryu play. What's up, Chase?
3: Hey, hey. Happy to be here. Hey, guys.
0: Hey. And then we also have Thrasher, who is another strong, consistent top eight placer in our scene, and he's also hot off his most recent win last weekend at the first Street Fighter Six beer fights tourney as part of Down to the Wire. What's up, Thrasher? Hey,
1: how's it going?
0: It's good to be here. Yeah, it was a fun tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually uh, what I wanted to open with. is uh, So we had a tournament this past uh, Saturday. It was run by Velociraptor, a.k.a. John Guerrero, of Event Hub's fame. Um, he, he's ran the local in Tucson at the local community center at the police station. And uh, the turnout was uh, pretty solid. It was 21 people, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, the big thing about it is, like, the original plan for Down to the Wire was it was supposed to be in August monthly, uh, and then that ended up falling on the same day as the CPT World, uh, the CPT West Coast uh, event, the one that Snake Eyes won. So um, John pushed it back a week, and unfortunately, then that was the same weekend as Sabaton Con, Tucson Comic Con, and a potluck at UAT. And so there was a bunch of different events going on this past weekend, and a lot of people were pulled in different directions. Um, most notably in the street fighter six scene, I would say that, uh, we were missing Marvin who was, uh, who placed top three in the last, re- uh, down to the wire tournament. I uh, got second rather. Um, so yeah, that, what ended up happening, uh, for that tournament, I believe it was, uh, Velociraptor in first place with JP, uh, and then Flappy in second place with Luke and then myself in third place with Chun-Li. Um, Flappy, I, I believe he almost got a reset uh in the grand finals but he couldn't he couldn't reset it and and john took it uh without going to losers um so what happened after that was uh there was this an organizer uh named memo or mo in our in our phoenix scene who uh he has a hookup at his at his workplace uh for for prizing uh, for tournaments and the <laughs> tournaments are aptly named beer fights So, uh, the reward is a case of beer, uh, or several, 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 several cases of beer and merchandise and glass. (laughs) Um, so we got, so there's like, he basically rolled up in his truck and just unloaded like a ton of, a ton of, uh, alcoholic drinks in a police station community (laughs) center. (laughs) so there was uh you know we didn't we did not consume it in the community center it was just there it was part of the prizing for the tournament um and at that point it was run later in the day i think that there was um a lot of discussion about like what beer fights was whether or not it was going to be a full tournament whether it was going to be a round robin uh, all these different ideas um but they ended up just having a second tournament uh which ended up being a really brilliant experience for the community that, that attended because, uh, the turnout for, uh, the second tournament, the beer fights tournament was 19. Uh, and what ended up happening was, well, Thrasher, you can, you want to, uh, interject here and give me your storyline and like where you (laughs) were.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I was at home with the wife. We were kind of working out some, some stuff, you know? Yep just deciding what we were going to do for like our 15th anniversary shout outs to her happy anniversary tomorrow is actually the day so yeah but uh so we we were discussing what we were going to do or if we were going to do something on that day or you know turns out I end up not doing anything that day which is why I didn't make it out to the first tournament um so I make it just in time to catch the end of the the first tournament, and I uh, actually enter the second. Which the second was not your normal kind of tournament. <laughs> Steve kind of just let it be the wild west. He didn't seed anybody; it was random. Oh
2: yeah,
1: and and it was kind of the hardest run I think <laughs> you would have to make <laughs> in an Arizona tournament. I think the only person who is like. Was at, who that was who was at the top of the the last tournament, the previous that I didn't have to play was Flappy, but first round, I got Velociraptor, <laughs> who, who just come off a win, you know, and then I think second round was it Chase?
3: Or? Yeah, yeah, we played yeah. it. Yeah,
1: Chase was second round. Then Portageon was <laughs> third round. Yep, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, you know. This is the top four of any tournament in Arizona. (laughs) And then, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't think my next opponent was going to be easy. And I was wrong, dead wrong. Uh, That was probably the closest match that I had outside of grand finals, really, up to that point, was playing the X button, Maynard, who's on the screen right now. (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay cool i I get to play you know marisa versus Jerry sucks and i wasn't expecting much resistance because of that obviously maynard's a good player i was just like the matchup is too much well he figured out some stuff since the last time we played and it was extremely difficult and down down to the wire as the tournament suggests (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it was a lot of fun and then you know of course I couldn't go through the tournament without having to fight Portage one more time in grand finals. <laughs> uh, oh,
3: go ahead.
1: Those are the only two times I have wins over you outside of that initial day one non beta character tournament.
0: Oh, uh, Cami versus yeah. Manon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, no, those, those matches were uh, like. The, some of the, the first match, uh, you demolished me. It was, it was a clean 2-0, and I, I, it just caught me completely unawares. And, we, you know, we, we're training partners. Like all, Honestly, all four of us, I think, practice together pretty regularly. Um, but, like, I, the last time we played, I think, like, you had also run a train on me, and then I had kind of, like, brought it back. So I had kind of assumed that it would be even, and it would still be a crapshoot, um, and it would be who was playing better that day. But then it was a complete dismantling and winners, and so I had to like really like recompose myself for grand finals and like even then I think it was it was it was two th- two three right like I, I didn't yeah. get I didn't get the full on reset and I don't I think it ended up being last game last round there but even so like I didn't actually get the reset off uh, so I, I had some adjustments I think but then I think as we talked about like, after the set later on like uh, your ground game was what really really stood out as the, um, deciding factor for both sets in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's something I've been trying to work on, uh, ever since getting blown up by K Brad at, uh, at Evo, (laughs) (laughs) I lost completely in neutral to him. So it was like, uh, and we, as we spoke before about it, it was like a habit that I had of just always going forward. And when I cross a certain line, hitting a button and never hitting anything else, until I'm in range and uh, it's something I've been working on. And honestly, I've seen a lot of improvement for that um, online and in local tournaments.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's also worth noting too, is that uh, like your first opponent was Velociraptor uh, and <laughs> Velociraptor note- is worth noting here because he has won. Uh, he won the first, uh, the first down of the wire tournament and he won the second one and he ran the whole thing um and he con- consistently places high out of state uh he played in the, I think he ranked the highest out of all of us for the uh most recent CPT West tournament I think he got just shy of top eight or top 16 so he got 17th place so no slouch um so you you were able to to vanquish him and then he fell later on to Sean dude and shout outs to Sean for that upset I think we would all consider that an upset uh, <laughs> yeah 100 percent uh so Uh, it yo, go ahead oh no i was done um Mm -hmm. it it does it does lend itself to this like really interesting idea that there there were two tournaments that day and the uh the results varied so much and the random seating did in fact have an impact on that as well as the fact that you were actually in attendance on the second tournament um i wanted to to kind of look back at the first tournament as well and ask you chase like how did your uh How was your run overall and we can talk about the second one too for sure
3: um my run was pretty solid i'm trying to remember everyone i played um um, because i think i what was my first match uh was at the uh replay right uh marty party yeah yeah so we played it out that was when i uh i fell on my ass on the floor but uh <laughs> I like pulled a chair out and just assumed it was there and then just landed right on my ass. But uh, <laughs> but uh what's it called? Yeah, uh it was a good yeah, two one set. Her reuse was like really patient. I was uh surprised or just impressed, honestly. But uh I think after that uh who'd I play? Um uh, I think I played Ish after that. Okay. Uh, really strong Manon player. Um Took the set, but you know it was definitely close. Especially with Manon, it's like she can build so much momentum so fast. So, and then um, after that, I played Velociraptor. Uh, he got me. I think what was it? I think he got me like uh, it was two one. He took me out. I think uh, definitely he was ready. I I didn't. Uh, I was too impatient in dealing with a uh, JP's uh, zoning. I should have. Uh, maybe he parried it a little more and, you know, <laughs> try to kind of take my time once he got, once he was in the corner. Um, you had some killer
0: jumps though. I remember that set. pretty Yeah.
3: Well. That's what I'm getting better. That's what I'm trying to work at is like, because EX ghost is so good at just beating reuse fireball outright. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to find the pattern for it. And then like getting that read, but there's, I got to do more than just like a heavy read jump. But, uh, what's it called? Uh, And then who's uh and then did we play john oh we did actually yeah Yeah. we did play i
0: forgot about that
3: i think that's that was my last match yeah and then uh you got me a 2-1 but it was good it was good i was i was playing all right but uh yeah i put up a fight but it was good it was good i was i was decently proud with how i played especially because last tournament i think i got seventh and then this one i got fourth so I saw some improvement and then i think the beer fights one um shoot i forgot i know i played mo the first uh first game ryu mir again uh it was good and then uh i know uh what's it yeah mike mike took me out yeah i was watching footage too i watched footage of last time did we play i forgot what tournament we played or something I was like, all right, I gotta do this. And then like uh I take the first game and then Mike just adapts and like bodies my ass. But uh uh and then I played uh in Losers I played uh Flappy and he got me. He was I mean he's always on point. So um but yeah, I was overall, you know, pretty pleased. And then also, you know, Flappy didn't want his beer, so I took that <laughs> off his hands. Like, like a like a good friend would. But, uh, yeah, it was it was good though.
0: Very cool. I think. Um, so, how yeah, was your run, John? Yeah, I think Flappy is probably the number one like way to describe my run. <laughs> so, yeah, I just played Flappy a lot. <laughs> um, shout outs to like the other opponents that I played. Like I played Tony and um, and Carlos and uh, Ish uh, throughout the different the two, the two tournaments. But I did play Flappy twice in both tournaments. In the first tournament, he double jeopardied me, and in the second tournament, I double jeopardied him. So, uh overall, he won more games than I did because the, the first tournament he won a 3 out of 5, and in the second tournament I won 2-2 two two out of 3s. And then we can talk about the team stuff later. Um but that that's actually a fun it's going to be a fun conversation. Um but Overall, like, and then he ended up taking second in the first tournament and taking, uh, fourth, I think in the, in the beer fights tournament. Uh, so, and then he's also like hot off of a, a, a recent strong performance at, uh, game on expo, uh, where he got second in a bracket of like 130 people. Um, yeah. and he qualified out of his pool at Evo. So, you know, S- Sam's definitely up there, um, as one of the best players in the state, in my opinion, Um, but yeah, that would be, that would be the best way to describe my journey outside of like the matches that we've already talked about on the stream here as far as like, you know, my, my matches with Mike or my matches with, with Chase. Um, I did not get a chance to play John in bracket, Velociraptor in bracket. We played casuals afterwards and I'll fully admit I wasn't actually able to take a game off him. I think I won like two games and he won like 10. So, uh, Uh it was... Not a good look. Uh, so I have I have some work to do there uh, in the JP matchup. Um, I think I have some general like optimization problems that I needed to work on. Uh, but the cool thing that I tried to practice that tournament, uh, which is another topic too, is like when do you when do we have time to actually try and try new things when there's a tournament every goddamn weekend. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was trying to do the button parry for DRC shortcut more and it is actually very, very strong for Chun-Li because of back medium punch. Back medium punch, forward medium punch is really good. It's the same animation, but doing it from a walk-back stance instead uh, allows you to whip punish with, with it easier. And I just never used to drive rush cancel it because holding back and then tapping forward is weird. But if I have a parry button now, I can I can capitalize on that really easily. Yeah. Um, hey, can you uh, can you explain a little bit about what, what it is that you're talking about there? Sure, yeah, yeah. So... Um, to drive rush cancel a a normal uh the normal has to be special cancelable and then during that special cancel window you do a drive rush uh the drive rush can be performed by a dash forward forward but uh in the patch that was in july if i recall correctly the rasheed patch they changed it so if you hit the parry button during that window a drive rush will also come out Uh, that costs three bars just like uh the other uh just like a normal drive rush would um, a a normal cancel would rather. Uh, and then they also changed it where if you whiff a light button and you, you try to, you hit the parry button after the whiff light, or you try to dash after the whiff light, it will also trigger a drive rush cancel. So that was actually a nerf. Um, so, you know, on paper, it's like, Oh, this is cool, I guess, but I was already, I already knew how to drive rush cancel. It's kind of whatever, but there is a benefit in that um, it allows people that have difficulty dri- dashing after certain normals and in my case, it's a directional normal uh, to be able to drive rush off it and confirm off it easier, which I think is a big deal. Um, so I was practicing that that's basically it that was my run <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, there was a team tournament uh, not, not not team tournament team battle uh, we experimented with the uh, Uh, what's it called the uh, team exhibition mode in uh in street fighter six like uh the single elimination mode where where we had different teams put together um we ran two events total i think it was just all impromptu and it was just whoever was in the room after the tournaments we were like hey who wants to do a team battle i think we even played casuals for like an hour afterwards before we were like hey who's still around who wants to do a team battle and it was enough for a 5v5 um and uh Mike, you had a pretty decent idea about how to arrange those teams. Uh, Do you want to elaborate on how that first exhibition went?
1: Yeah. The first one was kind of inspired by uh, what Benny did uh, so many years ago. You know, he called it the Scrub Cup. We all have heard that story a hundred times now, so I'm not going to. But, like, but yeah, we, you know, John, Chase, Flappy, uh, other, uh, you know, Raptor, John, (laughs) Um, they all get we all get the spotlight all the time, you know, like in the Arizona scene, like we're always at the top of tournaments and stuff. So it's like that one It was to put pressure on, you know, Chase and Flappy were the only ones who were in it outside of the people I had just talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was kind of let them choose the team and let let's see what the other, you know, the the. The up-and-coming guys can do when everything is on their back, and 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 they have to be the one to perform under pressure. And we we gave them pressure because we also sat behind them and yelled and screamed and talked crap and did try to <laughs> em- emulate everything that they would get if they were to go out of state and perform with a crowd of people behind them. You
0: know. Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think we were successful in. <laughs> in doing that
0: yeah i think that we we have a tendency to approach these kinds of like uh i don't want to call them problems with these situations and different ways mike uh where i think I think we talked about it once about good cop, bad cop, Uh, and where your measurement is their resilience and somewhat like the, the competitor's resilience and taking the existing folks we have in the scene and uh, making sure that they can handle that. Uh, And on my end, I think a lot about engagement and motivation and being like, what can we do to get people to come out to the events more or to practice more, to be more excited about the game. And I think you need both. Um, But what I see with the team battle modes is that, um, I'll be blunt I don't really like playing in them um, I don't and I, I think Mike you you'll probably you and I all had a conversation about this earlier too um, I think that they're 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 difficult to organize um, and I don't find myself learning anything new about the game per se I don't learn a lot in the first of one set um, so it doesn't feel like a very productive use of play time for me but everybody else I talk to that is, not usually up in that stage loves 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 those team battles and i hear it regularly about we should do more team battles in their discord because we've done it online as well um Mm -hmm. and if i if i compare like the different exhibitions that we had we'll talk about the second one in a bit here uh this first exhibition with with the the up-and-coming players as mike put it like people were hella engaged getting hype clapping cheering talking shit uh, talking shit back after you know after uh, Mike lit the flame, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I I was pretty happy with the way that turned out. It was also great because then you and I didn't have to play in it. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't yeah. want, I didn't want to play in it, <laughs> but we made Chase play in it and we made Chase uh, one of the captains. So how was that, man?
3: That was that was actually pretty cool. I I mean usually yeah I'm like second fiddle or something or you know uh one of the draft picks but uh what's it called uh it was cool being captain uh my squad was i was proud of like my crew that i thought we had some good talent but uh we had we had uh memo carlos uh tony and native wolf
0: yeah you had you had three reus and a ken
3: <laughs> photos, we cover all, all matches the killer.
2: cover all matchups <laughs>
3: and it's like uh what's it called like because it was cool because I mean we could only like shred, or I mean I guess we could strategize uh every matchup but it's like in the beginning you pick the one and then we were kind of looking at the spread and it was uh it was like two what was it two Jamie's a jury uh Luke? I forgot who their last character was, but we were like, oh, Ryu does actually like pretty solid against all these characters, at least five, five. <laughs> so like, and then memo could take the heat and memo was into it. So he, he volunteered to go first. He was our first Ryu you up. Uh,
0: but yeah, he really it set was, the tone.
3: He did. He did. He was feeling it. And even like, ah, uh, shoot. I forgot how the matches were going one by one, um, outside of the last one, when, uh, Or one of the, you know, towards the end. Um, But I know... uh, Yeah, even... Because I know Memo... Oh, Memo, I think, went one... Or he won his first one, and then he lost the second one. I think it was it was. But, like, even when he was in the crowd, he was a huge supporter, too. He was getting, like, the crowd hyped up, too. So, I mean, everyone was into it, just in general. But, uh, Yeah. yeah, we went... But it was like back and forth too. It was down to the like. I mean, it was down to the, <laughs> down cap. To the wire. <laughs> yeah, it was down to the wire. But uh, and then even uh, cause like how the meter carries over, it was like a whole strategy of like, oh, who's spending the cash? Yeah. And then like uh, we had yeah, Carlos. He was the second to the last one on our team, and he, yeah, he was like. Uh, Who do he play? I th- he was playing, what, X-Button?
2: I think so, and then, yeah.
3: And then he was not, he, he had three bars the whole like match, and he refused to spend the cash. And then, what, well, he, he ended up going the whole set, right, without spending it? yeah pretty much
0: yeah he ended up saving it over and over and over again despite all of us telling him like hey you you need to just spend it you're round one with three bars like just burn it but you know obviously we're not always used to it we're, we don't have the same combo routes into level three that we would have on a level one or level two um, yeah it, <laughs> but I think it ended up panning out really really well because he saved yeah. it he needed it at a very very specific time when it was about to lose if I recall correctly
3: yes he it was up against Flappy. Uh, I think he was already down around and uh he what was it I think he what he was in the corner and had to make the comeback I forgot what happened but I know he I think he baited like buttons or like a throw or something with a uh, dragon lash right and then it yeah under- countered so he could convert off it and then like he went into level three and he took it off the, and and then it, he set it to, or he sent it to round three. But, uh, it, it was pretty hype. Um, what's it called? I don't, I know Flappy ended up taking it at the end, but it was a, it was a pretty hype, uh, moment when he actually spent the cash. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
0: and that yeah. was the thing though is that it went all the way down to like Flappy, who was la- anchor on the team. And then he beat Carlos, <laughs> who, then, like, he was the last person on the team except for your anchor, who was you, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So then we finally duked it out. Um, what's it called? I mean, thankfully, it was one game. Um, Lefty <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually has a pretty positive record against me, but uh, yeah, but you I can just, win one. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the one. I'll take it and run. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was close. Just you know. It was the nerves were pretty on too, especially it was like the last of us, you know, one game. It it was almost, you know, reminiscent of like a tournament set. But uh, yeah, I was able to, you know, clutch it out. I think we went to last round. And but uh, I was able to, you know, have enough meter to put them, you know, pop the level three, get them in burnout, and then uh, just kind of finish it uh, in the corner, kind of chip them out. But it was a good, it was a good ass set. It was hype. And I don't know. I had a lot of fun doing that, and I'm always—I don't know—I'm always down for more. I guess team battles in general, or even <laughs> putting like prizing behind it, or whatever we feel like doing.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, again, people were asking about team battles even afterwards, and so we ran another one, uh, and that one, like John and Flappy and Chase and Mike and myself, all jumped into that one. And, uh, I was on team Mike and Mike, do you want to shed some light on that one? (laughs) (laughs) So they, they, I I forget who
1: came up with the idea. I think it might've been Flappy or chase one of the two. Yeah. So that like the tournament winners need to be the captains. So John Guerrero and I were both captains and, uh, I knew that obviously I would have picked you anyway, but. Of course, it was sealed once Flappy was like, "I want to play John," <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, "Okay." So my first, I had first pick. I picked Porta John, um, and then this allowed John to pick both Flappy and Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, "I'll take the two captains." <laughs> yeah, um, and then I, I honestly, it was I was already. It had been a long day at that point, so I, I'm trying to remember. I know I picked Tony, which yeah. I think Yeah. Uh he was also on Chase's team, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like four four shadows and, and a
0: <laughs> yeah, the yeah. wild card. And they got Maynard um, too, if I recall correctly. John John yeah. picked Maynard. And so we got to see another epic Maynard versus Tony fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh then I had as I forget. I think his name's Chicken something. Uh, Chicken, Wizard. Chicken, Chicken Wizard. Chicken Wizard. Yeah. He yeah. was on our team <laughs> as well. A uh, fresh new Jamie player. He's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I heard Master um, Level Jamie. Yep.
1: And uh, I don't know. I think we also had Carlos.
0: Yes. We had Carlos too. Yeah. I, um, I think part of the reason why we're having issues remembering some of the rosters because like there was a, well, kind of a blowout too, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it it came down to, uh, you know, Flappy. And I think uh, Flappy ran a train on our team pretty much. Yep. Um, he beat – yeah, I don't think John and Chase had to play. So he beat at least three or four people. Yep.
0: He beat me. Yeah. He beat Carlos. And I think he beat – yeah, and then he beat you.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah. It, it was that that match was fun too because I had been watching him play, so I was kind of ready for the type of flappy. <laughs> so we both like he came out and I knew he was going to play like a dick, so I played like an even bigger <laughs> dick. Um, but he was able to kind of like recognize that and slow it down much quicker than I was, and and he took it. So it, it, that was one part of it that is kind of fun is like figuring out. Ex- exactly which play style you want to throw at the person yeah because it's not like you have time to adapt to anything in the first one
0: <laughs> yeah no, it's it's just like a raw rock paper scissors at a certain point, <laughs> yeah. um, which is fun you know it's exciting for the team thing and um like just doing some kind of reflection on on the event as a whole but firstly on the team event um like john uh, velociraptor is in the chat right now on our stream here saying you know it was a lot of fun uh we should continue to do team stuff at down to the wire maybe think of ways to make it even more interesting in the future and i think that like i i examine like the the benefit of the team stuff I, you know i was harping on it earlier about how everybody loves it you know it does create this it's a it's something that we don't really we didn't really get a lot of in street fighter 5 just to put it bluntly uh like we had team battles but like they weren't there wasn't a lot of pride as far as like certain areas or whatever like we did the phoenix versus tucson we did the team c versus team abe thing team c versus team abe actually though that that is a pretty lasting rivalry <laughs> um but i think that this is you know. Oh, go ahead. Even though they're terrible at picking teams, but I'll just. (laughs) Um, I, I do think that like we, uh, it's, it's just good for like uniting the community as well as dividing the community, uh, which is something that I wasn't expecting. Um, I, I wasn't really down for team battles just because I was like, we're all kind of one team in a way, but, um, you know, it is nice to be able to draw arbitrary lines and then give people some new spotlight, um, and it's also good to reignite the old rivalries that resonate with a lot of the older crew too you know
2: yeah. yeah i was gonna say i mean it's one of those things that's just like yeah like you've talked about in the past like the tucson phoenix thing is a, you know the, the lines are kind of blurred nowadays right like it's a more of a kind of a united front and you guys train together and it's more about our scene being better than you know socal or norcal or san diego or whatever right like you guys want that's what you guys are aspiring for right? or, or aspiring to so those team battles, like that we do here, like in some ways, like I see it as motivation for some of those players too. Because, like you know, you you have your your local demons, right? The people that you always meet up in bracket that beat you all the time, and like maybe in a first to one in the team battle, you guys get matched up all of a sudden. It's just like maybe that first to one, yeah, it might that could be the the springboard for you to to be better going forward. Like if you beat them, and you're just like, I've never beat this guy before. And all of a sudden you beat them in the in the team tournament and you've got all these people supporting you and all this hype and all this stuff going on. And you're just like, Okay, well, maybe I can beat them in a set now. Right? Yeah. Whereas before it was kind of just like, Man, every time I run into them, they just destroy me. So, you know, it could be something like that. It kind of like stokes the competitive fires in somebody. Um, I don't know, I've always enjoyed them like you know i don't really look at it as kind of like a like a learning experience like you said like i don't really look for team tournaments to kind of be like that it's more just like let's just you know let's put some put some teams together and just you know just run some games and see how see how it comes out
1: yeah yeah it's definitely an opportunity and i think that's something that uh that that people don't think about as much as sometimes it only takes just the one hype moment to really get somebody locked into to getting better, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I'd, I I could pinpoint that to like Native Wolf for this tournament. I would call him like I mentioned Flappy because Flappy had an extremely strong showing, but as far as like like up and coming locals, like I think Native Wolf has done nothing but, you know, continue an upward climb over the past couple of a uh, couple weeks here. And I think that this the team stuff specifically as cuz I've actually run a team online team one with her in it as well um she just styles on people
1: <laughs> in a
2: personal one know. and it's just <laughs> like
0: jeez <laughs> um and uh so you know like there's moments like that where everybody gets kind of boosted and like i remember being at evo and one of the really memorable parts of evo for me was being able to play in a pool and then have my fellow Arizona players cheer me on. Um, and that's a, honestly, that's a, that's a fun part of pretty much every tournament experience, uh, for our Arizona scene. Um, but the team battles are just a good, cause like in a local tournament that never happens. Uh, the reality is that everybody else is playing their matches too. And it's not like we have a dedicated spectator crowd at our locals. Um, but the team battles, I think kind of get everybody engaged and involved, and what's what I find really interesting and really fascinating about this down to the wire tournament as a whole uh, over the past weekend here, um, the casual setups were occupied, but not really. And what ended up happening is that during the tournament, everybody stopped to watch like the finals or they uh, they would watch uh, other matches, you know, like everybody was supporting each other more at a local than what i'm used to and i think what i remember in street fighter 5 era was everybody would play and they would immediately just go run casual somewhere else no one would give a shit about the top players and the top players were you know they were just still playing their hearts out they weren't distracted by anything or you know like or i don't think they were at least um but like by and large it felt like there was a detachment between the top level players and the and the mid-tier players and the mid-tier players just frankly didn't care about the outcome of the tournament and that to me strikes me as like a level of complacency that we hit in Street Fighter 5 that I don't see in 6 because you see engagement from all players of all levels during all points of the tournament and i that's kind of blows my mind all things considered
1: yeah it's, it's definitely i i was there i was a lot of the time i was the guy going to play casuals instead of watching the grand finals and i think part of that was just we really at the end of things it was maybe the same three people winning tournaments and i mean i'm not saying that's not necessarily the case here i mean john's winning a lot of them yep. and then Porta john's winning the other ones <laughs> like, outside <laughs> of the only one that i've won you know like so but it maybe it could be the game that's more hype to watch. it could be you know however many years of seeing those same matchups because everybody four was more of a game where people just picked a character and stuck with it you know for for a lot of the a lot of the time yeah so so it, it could have been that for me, it wasn't any boredom or disrespect to any of the top players it's just that when I was coming up I I wanted to play you know yeah. as much as I could and uh I think part of that could be the online experience from four was terrible so when I got to a tournament this was my time to play the people that I wanted to play when we're all at the police station now I could go home and have good matches with any one of you guys so I'm more inclined to spend my time at that moment watching versus grinding.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah,
1: that,
2: that is, that's a great point. Yeah, because like you know that, that's been actually something that talked about in Twitter this week in terms of like the offline majors and whether Netcode's been affected that. And yeah, you know, having I mean, I find myself playing this game a lot more than I honestly expected to because like with five, like I quit. Basically, after season two, mainly because Evo kind of being pushed into August, and that was kind of my main motivation to play, and you know, see my friends and stuff uh, from Alaska. And when I wasn't able to do that anymore, it was kind of like I kind of lost my motivation to want to just compete overall. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this game, like, I find myself playing a lot more. Like, <laughs> my MR is taking a dive, like every every other day, and then I got to climb my way back up, and. <laughs> I'm having, you know, I'm having fun, fun doing it, and it's just like, I don't know, maybe it's me as a, as a more seasoned player too. Like I don't have a lot of negativity when I play. Like I can see like the reasons that I lose, and I'm just like, why did that happen there? Oh, it's because I did, you know, I'm in autopilot, or I did crouching medium fireball, and they have meter to just blow through that, right? It wasn't a true block string or something like that, and just like. You know, I shake my head at a lot of stuff, but at the same time, like I'm having a lot of fun, and like it really helps that the the net code in this game is is really, really good. So you know, the game's online for the most part. like you know, you get the occasional outlier, but for the most part, I'd say ninety five percent of my games have been very playable, even from people far away.
0: So the game's more fun. It's more playable online. And so when we're out on an offline gathering, it sounds like there's that's not our primary reason anymore. And it's more to socialize, spectate, enjoy the company of yeah. other people, our community. huh?
2: Yeah. That's a huge point. Yeah. Yeah. That's the social aspect. I mean, that's typically people's biggest reasons for the offline events too, right? Is they want to see their friends and they want to, want to meet up with people they haven't seen in a while. So yeah. yeah.
0: I think um, team tournaments might actually be the future or maybe like a team exhibition at the end of every tournament, just to like, kind of, cement that community bond um i'm curious to see what the rest of the oh yeah also carne asada let's we gotta talk about that too sorry uh sean (laughs) just put that in the chat uh sean dude also like who has is the primary uh liaison for the venue um and runs a lot of events for tekken as well out of the out of that uh community venue um he also provided lunch for us both at the first down of the wire with some pizza and then some uh, local carne asada uh, at uh, this most recent one. So we got to chow down too. So we got fed. Uh, we got to play in two tournaments, not just one. And we got to play in two team exhibitions. Uh, so that was a pretty good look, I think. Nice. Cool. Any, any last comments or thoughts on the way that team tournament or the, sorry, the uh, down to the wire event as a whole was run. Any reflections on, on the scene or the state of the scene? Uh, Chase,
3: Um, I mean, I was, I was pleased with it as a whole, like, especially like when you consider like, yeah, like you were saying, everything that was ran kind of, or everything that was going on that weekend, like it's still pretty, put up pretty good numbers, pretty good competition. And even like, yeah, I don't know. I, I was pleased with it. I think the team tournaments like add like another dynamic to. Like, I love that, like, we can do a competitive tournament and then it's, like, almost like a something, like icing on the cake, almost like we can do a whole nother dynamic. Uh, But still, like, everyone can enjoy their thing. But uh, I don't know. I look forward to it. I hope that, like, team tournaments become more, yeah, like a staple in, like, multiple ways, whether that's, or, you know, like a team exhibition or just, like, you know small teams in like a bracket scenario but yeah i i was happy with it
0: any any final thoughts on on the on the uh down of the wire mike um not really i
1: think it was a great event i just want to put the disclaimer out there because the carne asada reminded me that everybody was full on tacos and i had oh, meat okay night, so. uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what I so... blame my bad placement on in the, <laughs> uh, in the uh, spear fights. This yeah.
0: Here. yeah, Mike Michael, he was just like, oh yeah, I, I didn't add like it was because everyone was on in a food coma. That's why I won. It's trying to be all humble and shit. You <laughs> <laughs> won a stacks tournament, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. but no. Yeah, I, one more shout out to Sean. You know, he really uh, like he's always been huge for the Tekken community, but especially after the pandemic, he's kind of stepped on stepped up and taken that role for pretty much the Tucson FGC as a whole. So, and you guys got to see kind of what we see all the time. So,
0: yeah, I, I, I think that Tucson, I think Tucson has a bigger fighting game scene in a given moment. Um, but Phoenix has more scenes, uh, more locals um, and everyone's spread out a little bit more. I think Tucson is also spread out for the record, but I think that yeah. the culture of the community is Based around that police station which is a free venue and it's a it's like you can't get much more grassroots than that um (laughs) so like they're 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 in good shape i think and it's it's a i would encourage anybody in the phoenix scene uh to pay them a visit because their their flavor of fgc is different than the current phoenix flavor of fgc and quite frankly it's more reminiscent of what i grew up with as far as the fgc community vibe um
2: yeah. Anyways, that's the kind of the, that's kind of the vibe I get from like, which when you guys talk about it, it's just like, I really wish I could make it to one of those, but it, you know, just my work schedule, I don't have Saturdays off. So that makes it kind of rough For sure, man. To, to have to travel down there, but I'm hoping one day soon I'll be able to make one of those.
0: We'll see. I mean, another incentive is that a lot of people have that same exact situation as you Benny with in, in Tucson. And a lot of them just don't ever come up to Phoenix. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they, they don't have to. Um, but we miss out on getting to play them. So it's always a good time for me to, to go go down and play all the Tucson folks.
2: Yeah, I still feel a little disconnected from a lot of the, the, the newer players nowadays too. just be just because I haven't been to any real offline events, like even the big TGZ event that happened. I'm hoping to make the one this month, but I didn't make that one. And that, that was like, what, almost 60 players. And, you know, that would have been a great time to kind of I'm the type of person, like, if I see your face and put a name to it, then I'll know you from there. But right now, like, you mentioned all these other players, and, like, I don't know who they are or who they look like and even the characters that they play. Like, I kind of just know people from the Discord and, like, people I've run sets with uh, that way. So, yeah, I'm hoping to make it to more offline events soon. Um, yeah, I might be uh, – I was actually going to look into that, too, uh, this weekend about uh, hosting another monthly at the end of this month.
0: Yeah. Oh. Um. Oh, one one more thing about Down to the Wire. Uh, this was also one of the first. Is it is it the first? It, this might be the first local that was streamed. Um, I think that I, I think that TGZ has had, had issues getting uh, a stream going with the high refresh oh, no, rates no, no. on the well, PS5s. My local stream. Your local was streamed too. <laughs> You're right. Your local was streamed. You had the first local that was streamed, but this is the second one. <laughs> That's the second one that was streamed. Um, and that's actually the footage that has been playing in the background on this podcast episode. So shout outs to the X button for carting his whole PC down to Tucson and setting it all up and streaming it. Um, nice. And as of yet, we do not yet have a tournament, a local tournament has streamed with commentary. So yeah, some, true. some event has, there's, there's an achievement to unlock there for that, for, for another <laughs> event down the line here, someone should race to that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that's like recent news, recent podcast uh, Arizona fighting game scene history. Um, and then we also, uh, as for this show was, it was originally going to be a very unique show in that the, uh, Online World Warrior event for Wednesday night fights is going on tonight, and there's I think there's like going to be a total of like four or five of them. It's almost like a, a Rambat point system, so it's yeah, important exactly. that everybody yeah. plays yeah. in them. Yeah. Um. And I think like top eight, you accrue points over the season, and then top eight play in a regional final uh, to get uh, a spot in Capcom Cup. So that is a way to qualify, and while also supporting grassroots locals. Well. It's an online tournament, so not really. You're supporting <laughs> Level Up. The Level Up does do good things for the community. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the original plan was for a lot of us on this call to enter that tournament, and then it collided with the podcast taping. Um, and so we were like, let's just do a live version. But then I can't read, and so it's actually occurring afterwards. So we'll actually have another episode uh, that will be uploaded later in regards to like what our actual tournament experience and playing in an online tournament is like, um, spoiler alert, it's more fun with friends <laughs> um, and I'm sure <laughs> we're going to talk that one through because instead we're going to just talk about like kind of just a general online tourney lifestyle. We always we spend so much time on this show talking about our local scene. Um, but the reality is that the, the fighting game community has transitioned to a, an online only model, uh, for a lot of, a lot of events and so we figured we could just kind of talk that through and you know what i think benny you had a bunch of different questions that you wanted to talk talk about on the show today for online attorneys, right um yeah so i guess
2: the main thing um uh the main thing i was thinking about was like how much especially with um with cfn being a thing now because like you know people in the past have always wanted to kind of hide their gameplay and stuff like that oh i don't want i don't want footage to be out there right yeah. i'm just like i don't see what the big deal is because i was just like whether well, whether well, they find footage or not i was just like if they're the better player they're gonna beat you so you might as well have footage out there for people to find and you know and at the end of the day like it could be an improvement you know uh, a way for you to improve like why did i lose and like oh well i was watching your footage and you do this all the time oh <laughs> you know that kind of thing so i guess uh since mike hasn't really done these i guess the questions for both of you guys in terms of like when you guys see your brackets and like you know they're finalized and stuff like how much how much scouting do you guys do in terms of like the players that you're that you're supposed to be playing against
3: you
1: do you want to go first chase
3: yeah i can go first uh, honestly not as much as i should be doing um, usually i just kind of cuz i don't know like uh With, like, online tournaments, like, even though there's importance around them, I don't know. There's, like, still part of me that doesn't get, like, as, like, oh, I got to, like, check lab this, this, that. I don't know. Like, sometimes um, it's not as exciting. So sometimes um, I get a little lazy with my preparation. But, yeah, I know they just, like, release the brackets. But it's, like, um, I would say generally I don't do too much research but i should be looking at like especially on players on my side of bracket like top players like watching their replays or something
2: yeah so you're you're saying basically as opposed to like you know an evo or you know if you're going to like an offline turning like you do more research there just because i guess you know you think about it like yeah you're more invested in that right whether you're traveling putting money up to go there that kind of thing versus sitting at home in your underwear and like all right who's next (laughs) yeah honestly yeah like i just
3: ate breakfast and now i'm about to fight i don't know so and so (laughs) like yeah it's like because it's the these online tournaments too i don't know how many this how's this this one has 211 yeah So, but and then like the one snake eyes one it was like 600 people or something yeah. It, it was something crazy. So it's like it has the same entrance as Majors. It's just, a, I guess it's just a mentality thing because yeah. it's like you're in the comfort of your own home. But uh, I
2: can see that. I can
3: see that. How about you, um, Mike? For me, I, I don't really
1: do it. Um, I, I try and just prepare for the matchup as best I can because in theory... The person is not gonna bring anything outside of that. And and I don't I don't because I don't wanna get like be watch you happen to be watching them play their training partner and they do all sorts of weird stuff. And then when you play them, they don't do any of that and you're waiting for something that never comes. And for me, I, I try to play not against you know, try not to play the player as much as I can. It's it's inevitable, especially like in our scene, when we all play each other, you know, fifty times a week, it's yeah, like, yeah. Eventually, I'm gonna know when John wants a DP or, or he's vice versa. He's gonna know. The point is, is like, not everybody's gonna do the same shit, especially in this game. I've seen vastly different things between um, multiple different players. I see people play jury, and I'm like, this is nothing that I do. I, I mean, I do way different stuff <laughs> than me. so my point is is like know the character know the matchup and you should be fine if they're better than you they're gonna uh, outplay you or adapt to something you're doing and then it's more about knowing what of yours is real and what works versus knowing exactly when they want to do a certain setup or you know a certain whether they like the dp at a certain point or if they hit a favor a particular button it's like Find all that out in the match because if you assume somebody is going to play a certain way, a lot of times that can get you into more trouble than if you were to just play the matchup.
0: Yeah, like you can psych yourself out, right? Yeah. yeah, I can get behind right. that. I think that Smash C G offers a ton of tools for scouting. Like it's got the projected uh, bracket thing where it takes in all of the, pre- the, the different entrants like previous – tournament results and then kind of uses that to predict what the bracket would look like. And I've seen that, like I've seen that done to like in a way to prepare for matchups. So like I knew, for example, that if I won a certain amount of matches, then I would eventually run into um, I, in the most recent online tournament. I knew I would eventually run into Samurai. Right. So I was like, yeah if I had known that I probably should have prepped for the Luke matchup more or like in a more, in a more like tangible example, like when I was at defend the North, I was in the same pool as Ray Ray. And so I was like, I need to practice this mirror a lot. Um, and so I, I actually did go, go, go so far as to scout replays and actually like, look at how Ray Ray played. Um, and then he ended up losing before I could get to him. Um, <laughs> so I didn't end up playing. It was weird. I ended up playing a Chun mirror anyway, but it goes back. That's to, what you expected, yeah. right? It goes back to what Mike was saying is that like I had if I had prepped for the matchup, and which is kind of what I did, I prepped for the matchup and not necessarily the player, because uh, Ray yeah. Ray is pretty good at mixing and changing his options. Um, but I, the Chun matchup practice didn't go to waste, <laughs> so it's yeah. like you could you could you could put all your eggs in one basket for scouting and stuff, but then like if the bracket doesn't play out the way you think it's going to, then you know, uh, your practice could go to waste. So if you focus on playing matchups instead, that's just going to be a lot more reusable, I think.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, so you guys, so basically like, I mean, to me, like I don't really have the time to really look at like replays and stuff like that. I mean, especially not for like something online. Um, I I mean, at the base, like, I mean, I guess we're all in agreement that we probably just look at look for like what character they potentially play. Right. I mean, even though that could be, that could be switched on you at any moment too. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say, like at the at the very at the very base, right? Like you would you would just try to see like what the what character you are up against, and then kind of just take it from there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, well, it's I'm... worth it's worth noting in our stream chat here. Um, Regal brought up, you know, Star G G projected might actually be seeding based, um, and seeding, you know, like basically whoever's seeded in the tournament, they just kind of expect that the bracket to play out like that. It it very well could play out like that too um one last bit about scouting uh sorry i just interject this is that when you're traveling and i know we were talking about online but when you're traveling i get a i I bring my steam deck and then i just log into street fighter 6 and then look up replays while in the hotel bed before night and that's really (laughs) it's really handy to have like i have a street fighter 6 replay viewer in my steam deck and i just haul that around as opposed to bring an entire setup so that's the tech for hotel travel
2: okay so i guess to kind of transition from scouting so the next part is like so where you're actually like starting a game against somebody that you've never played against do you have um because something that they do in like in like uh nfl football right it's like the coach usually has like a game script and usually what that is is like it's a set set uh set number of plays that he wants to run uh regardless of what the results are and it's kind of just to kind of see like what the defense is going to give him right like you know how successful is this or you know did we just get blown up and like that's not going to work probably in this game at all like so do you guys have like a like a game script or something or kind of like a i guess kind of a, a something that you're trying to establish like whether that's for yourself or for your opponent like what are you looking for like when you when you start a match
3: um at least for me uh playing Ryu and then even in five with sagat it's like i'm trying to figure out where or if i can even like start a f- like how i'm gonna approach the fireball game so like i'm trying to diagnose like first how like jump happy are they like how buttonsy are they like how patient and then like seeing where i can like fit in fireballs to that formula whether to clip like normals or even just like if they're going to stand there you know try to chip a chip i guess drive and then or see if they're pairing even fireballs like seeing how they're reacting to fireball in general but i guess first i have to figure out if i can even get fireball off some players or even in like tournaments will like just willingly jump at you and like di you so you, you almost, like, just have to forego it sometimes and just be like, I'm just going to straight-up counter this because you're giving it to me. But uh, then from there, yeah, I guess it's just, like, how do I well, yeah, how do I capitalize on the fireball game and then how can that lead into my offense? And then, uh, you know, try to get into the corner as quickly as possible and mix them from there, but... Yeah, I think it all stems, at least for me, uh, from at least fireballs and just like, like figuring out a tendency on aggression.
0: Okay. Like a true Sagat player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the,
3: in the end, all there's about- only the fireball. We live and die yeah. by it. <laughs> all right. So what about you, Mike?
1: Uh, <clears throat> so playing jury, I, I kind of go back in see if they're going to let me just stock up for free and if they do great but most of my general approach is coming from what character am i fighting like what's on the screen right now marisa i don't want to be anywhere near her so so i do my best to throw get my fireball game going and then approach them with low normals that, that beat the uh the gladius and uh and and work that you know, but if I'm playing a Dalsum, I'm gonna throw myself at them immediately, see how they deal with it, and whatever they adapt to, then I'll find different routes through the minefield, you know, like like. So, the character is played multiple different ways based on matchups. So, how I approach round one start versus Dalsum is not going to be the same as a Zangief, you know, or a Ryu with the Ryu I'm kind of just like all right when when are they going to throw fireballs so do they throw fireballs can I just walk in for free because my normals are going to beat theirs if they throw fireballs it's like am I going to parry am I going to jump do they throw one after the other is it random is it easy to predict like
0: there's are looking for uh, patterns yeah,
1: yeah. And, and but it's all depends on the character that I'm fighting and I don't know if that's jury specific because she can both rush you down or zone you. But I think, you know, when I was playing Kimberly, I, the same, the game plan is the same <laughs> regardless <laughs> of who I'm fighting, you know. So, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's what it is. That's something that said up. about
0: mid-range characters, like the style of jury that you like to play, right? Where the, the ideal range that you want to stand at is going to vary and on a matchup by matchup basis based on your opponent's normals, not just your own compared to like a geef or a SIM or a JP where it's like, I have a game plan that I want to try to execute out of the gates. Um, even Marissa Marissa has, it's, it's, it's a, I'm going to, I need to get in <laughs> like that's, that's the game plan. Yeah. I need to get in. <laughs> um, and then that can be that, 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 that can be difficult though. Cause then the onus is on the, Versa or the jp the jp in that case would be to keep people out right um yeah. so the matchups i think are a little bit more uh clearly defined compared to a mid-range character where you're like okay so i have to think about this normal and i play around this normal i have to think about jury crouch medium kick and i so i would need to stand right outside that range and that ideal range fluctuates i think um yeah so that's yeah that's kind of what i do too is I just like, I, I stereotype people and I'm like, okay, this is their favorite range. And then I roll the <laughs> dice on what, what that range should be. And I sometimes I either change that range or I, I force that range over and over and over again if it's working for me.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I mean, you know, as a sim player, like I kind of just expect people to just go in. Yes. So I try it, like, I don't know. In the past, like it was always like, I should throw a fireball. But like I've noticed a lot of people are just like jumping just to start right and they just they just try to go in like i played a honda earlier today and they took me to the corner within like five seconds it was like headbutt into like a jump in and then it was like ex headbutt because i had thrown out a normal i'm just like i'm in the corner already and like this match just started but i was just like this is how he wants to play right and like i mean i ended up i mean i made some adjustments like i won one game but then like then they just kind of steamrolled me the rest of the way but yeah it's like i kind of just have this uh I think usually, like, if you probably watch my replays, I usually just jump back just to start. Like, I want to see, like, what they're going to do and, like, almost like Chase said, like, I want to kind of establish the fireball game. And it's something that you, thought, you you were told me, like, I, again, like, it's, like, one of the most basic things. And you, were, you told me, like, and it's helped me a lot tremendously in the last few weeks was just establishing horizontal space. Because, like, I was giving that up, like, so easily just to, like, float. And I was like, oh, this is my best place to be is the be in the air. But then when I'm getting drive juggled and then taken to the corner, I'm just like, okay, maybe this isn't the best place for me to be. <laughs> and like, I found, I found myself like not necessarily like floating as much. And even like the, it's, it's weird. Like I've even found myself like normal jumping more just because I can react to stuff, you know, while I'm in the, just a normal jump state. And it's, and it's even awkward for people. Cause like, you know, awesome has that floaty ass jump and it's just like, you see him jump back or some see him jump forward. And people are just kind of like watching him as he like, you know, crescendos downward and they're just like what is he doing you know that's not like a typical thing like you expect him to, to teleport and whatnot
0: yeah i mean the brief tangent is like i i remember that the horis- horizontal space advice uh like it was presented to me initially as stand your ground and that yeah. confused the shit out of me when someone told me that because i didn't know what that meant like, like it, it turned into like an emotional thing or like almost like a machismo thing of being like, don't let them boss you around or don't let them take, take all the horizontal space, stand your ground. But yeah. it took me a little while to like, kind of everybody learns differently. Right. Cause I think that probably yeah. resonates with some people. Um, but taking up horizontal space is the way that I think of, of it too. That's the range conversation again, which is like, okay, yeah. I, I can take up this, this range and how do they react to it? And yeah. I mean, walk backwards, like this,
2: you know. Yeah, I, exactly. I was gonna say I was mentioning walk backwards is like in terms of like playing charge characters, right? It's just like yeah, you know, it's it's a difference between holding down back and then walking backwards to charge your moves. And it's just like why are you walking yourself into the corner when you can do the same thing in a crouch position and you know have your flash kick ready or have your sumo smash ready also? Like you should be doing that. Like um like my son's been playing DJ and like that's something he does a lot. He walks back and I'm just like you need to have you need to crouch block because you need to have this ready to go as your anti-air. This is like your best anti-air is the, uh, the up kicks, right? Like get that's, that's your get off me, move everything like that. You should be charging that at all times, be ready with that. So yeah, it's something, and I don't know. Like I said, it's just something that's like super basic and like, I just, I, you know, it was just one of those things. I think I even asked you at one time for like, you want to like watch my, watch me play one time and just give me like pointers. Like I don't need like super like, specific coaching but just like remind me about stuff and like that was like the biggest reminder that i've gotten the last few weeks in terms of playing that's helped me a lot
0: glad to hear that man um going back to online tourneys uh (laughs) i guess is there is there like a um what am i trying to say is there a way that you prepare for online tourneys like how do you prepare for online tourneys that's that's different than local tourneys um and in, in like to the best of your your, your ability there uh mike do you want to go first
1: well i haven't played in a whole bunch of them especially since six been out sure but uh i i don't really like if one thing i started doing when a lot of tournaments were happening at the end of five um was I would kind of get up, maybe, you know, let's say the tournament's going to be at noon. I'm up at least two hours before that, um, if not more. And then I try and go outside, get some sunlight, let it wake myself up a little bit, get some, like, soda or something, whatever, to just kind of get yourself in that, like, that prime state where you're not, like, too jittery, which is something I've been failing at recently. Uh,
3: Don't drink Red Bulls
1: before tournaments. Yeah, Um, But uh, just kind of, like, get a snack, go out in the sun, walk around. Uh, Before some of the tournaments that we would play online, I would just take, like, a walk around the block and get the blood flowing and then come back, warm up. Get your hands warm. Make sure you're hitting your basic stuff that you need to hit, and then be ready for the tournament. Like, like don't do that. I would, I would say, I would start preparing, do the walk around like an hour before, warm up 15 minutes before the tournament's kicking off, and then you should be good. But you know, it's an online tournament. You might do all that preparation and then still have to wait, you know, (laughs) 45 minutes after like your second match or something. So that Could all go out the window. It's it's not something you can really prepare for, other than just don't like sit on the couch and start to fall back asleep. Would yeah, be my advice.
2: That's a ego. Well, recent tournament winner Thrasher here says, Go outside and touch grass before
1: you play online. <laughs> Become <laughs> one with the earth,
0: soak <laughs> up the rays of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, oh. you bring up a really good point, though, and that the waits are pretty long for online tournaments. I think that. I think that, like, objectively, they're probably comparable to local tournaments, but it's way easier to pass the time locally, I think, because you're, you're having, like, a social conversation or, like, it's a social event. So you can have conversations with people. You can go and watch other matches and stuff. But in an online environment, like, I can't just go and watch an, a, a concurrent tournament match, um, unless it was, like, at the Battle Hub or something. And those have long since, the, the ship sailed on that one. Um, so, like, I. It's it's kind of isolating, um, and it takes a long time. Um, I remember at the most recent uh, uh, CPT event, like both John and I like got knocked into losers towards the end of our pool, and then we had to wait for like I think it was like an hour before our next matches. So so by then we're cold and everything too, and it turns into that same kind of tournament longevity or um, tournament endurance battle that uh, uh an offline local would have as well that's just you're still sitting at home <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I... oh, go I, ahead Jason. oh sorry uh i was like at least for me too with the waiting and tournaments like you were saying it's like it's easier to like fill your time in an offline uh issue that i've had um i mean it kind of still happens in offline but mainly online with that waiting is like it gives you time to like get in your head too like yeah. you're like you're like oh if i play, who's next like you like you start thinking like oh who's like i have to play like am i gonna play this like because i have to play the winner of this match and this match and then like the other side of bracket who are they playing and if i beat them i might make it out of pools and now you have all these expectations putting you're putting yourself through and like you're getting in your head so then as soon as you play that match and sh- like oh shoot, I'm down, like, they're on match po- set point right now, you're crumbling, because it's like you have put all this, like, 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 extra mental stack on yourself for no reason, because, like, you're just sitting here alone with your thoughts. So it's like, I feel like that's something that, like, online maybe emphasizes more than offline.
0: Have you done the thing where you've checked the projected box and unchecked it over and over and over again just to see stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's- oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like a bracket anxiety or something right
3: that's (laughs) what i did at evo uh because i was like projected okay for once and then uh it's like oh i'm gonna make it out and then like and that's how you do your like you know like you guys were talking about earlier it's like scouting and then it's like things just get thrown out the window as soon as like someone like this like dark horse just you know uh uh whatever just wrecks the bracket and then it's (laughs) <laughs> your, your whole mental stacks like you know out of whack yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean i mean it's it's human nature to want to like look ahead in the bracket right it's just like especially if there's a big name in your bracket and there's a bunch of you know randoms or nobodies you're kind of like well if i beat this guy then i get to play wolfgang or i get to play you know whoever i get to play punk i get to play nephew right and it's like it's human nature to want to go look at that and see that that's a potential opportunity and, like, yeah, I think it, it is easy to get in, get into your own head. Um, you know, especially, like, if you're looking forward to playing that person, like, that might be, like, the, the one opportunity you get to play them. Who knows, you know? When's the next chance you're going to get, get a chance to get your shot at them, really?
3: Yeah, honestly. That's what, um, actually, even, like, some tournaments that do uh, – that's why I've liked uh, – have you guys done the CASA tournaments? I have not. Uh they do like that ladder format. So it's they like, do? You know, like Yeah, they do a ladder format now. So I'd like to like I like to enter that one just because you can you are it's like playing ranked but against high level players every single set. So it's Oh. Yeah, it's would you mind explaining
0: the the ladder format to our viewers here?
3: Um so I th- I think it's ladder, but yeah, it's like uh you pretty much enter cuz it's all ran through start gg. Uh so it's like you just uh they do like four levels and it's pretty much all just ranked matchmaking pretty much i don't know how uh they actually decide the opponents outside of like i think it's just all players on the same level as you but you pretty much like win uh based on if you win sets or lose sets you move up certain levels or or go down levels and then uh they do that for a two-hour period and then uh whoever's the top eight like the highest placers the people who did the best they run a top eight bracket for them but uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty good it's i feel like it's good practice at least
0: yeah it sounds a bit like our um kind of like boot camps but the big difference with that format is that we're not you're not constrained by the number of setups that you have compared to in an offline event where you can't you can't run that many matches concurrently to have like a matchmaking pool per se, but it's yeah. almost like an incomplete round robin in a lot of ways, right? You play as many people as you can, and then you get a total score. Yeah.
3: So I think it's based off like win rate they do it because like you could like I think join halfway through but win all your sets and still make top eight. Oh wow. So if I think. Okay. oh i think it's like you play a minimum but of matches to uh qualify but yeah
0: but it's probably more than two which is what you would play at a bracket worst case scenario right yes yes so that's uh, to any aspiring tournament organizers in arizona that's another untapped uh market i suppose for our for our community i think a lot of us would love those latter kind of tournaments yeah it can
2: we get more games in, man?
0: <laughs> yep, very cool. Um, well, uh, I don't have a ton more to talk about for the online tourney, and the big thing is we have to prepare for the online tourney that we're about to enter. <laughs> um, yeah. um, Benny, did you have any further questions about online tourneys for our panel here?
2: Uh, no, not really. That was pretty much, I was kind of just curious about how, how they approach things because, like. Whether it was kind of similar to what I do, or you know, whether they were doing anything different, so well, it's good to get to find that out.
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask: Did you get? Do you guys ever have that um, <coughs> that situation where, like, you're playing an unknown in a tournament bracket, and then you get mauled for the first round, and you feel good about it because you're like, "Oh my god, that guy just showed me everything." <laughs> 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 I don't know. I feel that, that, that that's
2: like pretty much the majority of my ranked matches for the most part, especially against like a lot of the, the higher ranked players that I've been playing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I like I don't know. I'm just slow to I'm slow to adjust to people or like uh, depending on the character, like, I'm you know, I'm in the corner against Ken or Cammy and I'm just like, OK, well, that round wasn't perfect. But OK, that's that's all I needed. I was like, OK, well, let me see if I can. Uh, like you said earlier, kind of stand my ground and keep myself out of the corner and see how see how well they play from there. And a lot of times, like you'll see people that just don't know how to how to how to deal. Like you know, especially like uh, Kimberly players that I played. Like you know, she's probably one of the best in the in the game in the corner, and it's just like so. I try to establish all the space in the middle and try to stay out of the corner as much as possible, and you find out real quick like who's who's the impatient ones who's the ones that are just like sliding in or just kind of like like I don't know I feel like sometimes you feel like some people like you get that feeling that people are thinking and then other times you just feel like people are just (laughs) kind of just ready to do something right and like you see that like I always see the the Kimberly's in you know they're in the back and they're just kind of swaying back and forth and all of a sudden it's just like teleport and I'm just like okay are you coming are you sliding or whatever what's coming what's coming next and it's just like, I never feel like they have anything like really kind of thought out. It's kind of just like, all right, well, let me see what happens if I do this.
0: I actually, I really want to pinpoint that because that matches with the theme of our podcast so well, um, or this episode so well in that uh, we've been talking a lot about proactive versus reactive play. Um, and I think that your question earlier, Benny, about, you know, when, how, how do you approach somebody that you've never played before? And we, like a lot of us have a variation of a flow chart, right? Um, yeah whether that's by leading with a fireball or by getting full screen or by finding an ideal range and then forcing that. Right. Um, And that I think is the sensation that I run into when I, I feel like someone's not thinking I'm like, Oh, it's not just that they aren't thinking. It's that they already had, they already decided they committed to what they wanted to do before they had any input from me. And that's, that's the basis of that good feeling that I was talking about earlier where I was like, you know, if somebody runs a train on me, and I'm like, oh, it didn't actually matter what I did, they were just going to do this, then that makes it that much easier to counter because you're like, oh, if they're not taking any input from me, then it's more predictable. Um, If they're not paying attention to how I block or anything, then they're just going to do the same thing over and over again or they're going to rotate through the same options over and over again without considering my game plan. And that's predictable and that's counterable um i forget where i was going with that but yeah ultimately it's oh yeah proactive versus reactive because mike you and i have been talking like offline about this and just in our because we talked about the ground game earlier in our matchup right and yeah. um i think one of the the lasting conversations that we've had uh in regards to neutral is that when you played kim and i played chun uh, our characters clashed doing what they did best, and I think that's part of the reason why our matches were so enjoyable. And that Kim's Kim's job and her tool set is all catered to getting in, and Chun's job and tool set is all catered to keeping people out, um, and then get and then mauling them once once you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so they both maul, they both maul. But <laughs> but the point is, in the neutral at least, um, so that that would create a very proactive style from Mike. And a very reactive style from me when we would play and he's recently switched to jury and that character can be played in multiple ways and that's a significantly stronger character in my opinion but now mike has started playing reactive uh and so he what he'll do is he'll back off and force me to make a mistake and then i in turn have spent you know um since launch i've been playing reactive to how he plays and so he he'll stick out buttons or whatever and then i'll just wait for them and then punish them and then that's how i win but he in turn waits for me to do something and we get a stalemate i get impatient i have to play proactive and that's on un, unlike how i like to play usually and then i end up running face first into something yeah. um i feel like i feel like there's this constant jockeying that we do uh, whenever we have a strong training partner of like When do i play reactive when do i play reactive when do i play proactive when do i play when do i wait to see what they're gonna do you know um and i think that that varies depending on your experience against the person too if you've never played against them before do you really want to play reactive because you're basically opening yourself up to something that you've never seen before on the flip side do you want to play proactive do you want to rush into a situation that you've never seen before So I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to skin that cat, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it almost once again comes down to matchup. Like <clears throat> it's it's a little bit more tough to play like a against a chun or somebody who is the same style of character, you know, because it's like, well they could come in hard or they could run away. There's no you kinda it's it's almost like a dance. It's like you don't you don't want to step on the other person's toes because sometimes they hit harder than you, yeah. <laughs> and like so, depending on the matchup, it's like okay, I'll wait, and uh, you know, see if they want to take the lead. If not, then I'll see if they can deal with my pressure, and vice versa. It's like if they show you they're gonna be aggressive, you have to play um, you know reactive. You could choose to kind of have a slugfest, but if that's not how you normally play, and that's the only way they play, why would you play to their strengths? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: So that that's how I think about it, uh, and then obviously matchups will give you kind of an idea of you know because you're not having geef players run away, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like so you know they're going to come at you. Um, or Dulson players, I mean to be honest, Dalson you could come in, <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like, but chances are they're going to be trying to utilize space more. So I know I'm going to be the the lead on what's happening offensively. So
0: I mean that's worth noting too is that when we say active, uh, sorry proactive and reactive, that's not necessarily the same thing as offensive and defensive. I do think Dulson is proactive defense and that you are constantly uh, using your movement flying away doing floats teleporting and sticking buttons out in order to prevent them from doing something prevent them from getting in so it's a defensive stance by default but you are you're committing to things in advance and that's I, i think the difference of having a proactive template at the start due to the matchup versus you know, you're not going to just stand mid screen with Dalsam <laughs> and try to play footsies, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Chase, I had a question for you as far as like your fireball game because you brought up proactive versus reactive. Um, do you think that your fireball is a a an opener or a response to something in your mind?
3: Oh, huh. I guess, yeah, Uh, I guess I would say both. It's just depending how you use it, because you could, like, especially, like, based on the matchup, if the opponent doesn't have, uh, like, great anti-fireball options, you can, like, force, yeah, like, force it early and just, I don't know, I guess see how they play off it. I don't. But is that reactive or proactive? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know the answer, I, so that's why I just threw. It yeah, in. that's <laughs> why I think like, things like. But then I think like Cammy, and then I think of like, I legit like even Chun to a certain extent, where their anti fireball is so good that like, yeah, yeah, I have to uh. I have to play almost more re. Uh, i almost view it as yeah i guess more like reactively Mm, or no i guess proactive in the sense that like i need to it's something i've been doing lately is like i guess i'll it's part of the fireball game um is i've been proactively throwing out donkey kicks yes because it the animation is similar to fireball and it catches a lot of camis and a lot of chunlis trying to do anti-fireball stuff still incredibly yeah. risky like but it's it's a tool but yeah at least if you can establish that like proactively establishing like donkey kick then you can bring fireball in and like it's okay i mean seldomly too you can't you it's not like oh now we're playing fireball war like but it's like we we can throw it out here and there and like at least like establish the neutral a little better yeah yeah
2: i mean yeah i would i would say in terms of like the way that i play like i would say i'm very proactive in terms of fireball usage because like i want to see what they're going to do and especially with Dalsum having you know the the arch fireball and then also having the air diagonal fireball like it really kind of Creates a you know kind of a maze for them to try to figure out, and it's just like um, something I've been messing with lately is kind of like altering like the uh, the fireball speed. So like I'll do like the the air fireball to kind of just establish you know cover that 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 uh, diagonal space, and then if I notice that they're jumping, I'll throw out a like a fierce fireball because it'll catch their jump when they jump over. Whereas if I threw a slow one, it's kind of just going to force a block, and so. Then you know, then that 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 creates a whole different kind of situation for them because then they're just like, oh well, I can't jump over this diagonal one without getting getting juggled and taking some damage. And I've gotten a lot of mileage out of that against uh, like Marissa and uh, and Zangief lately. Just trying to get them off me and you know keep them at that distance was you know uh, messing with those a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I hear two different things in that in that explanation, Benny. I hear that like one, you're poking the bear to see if like like with varying size sticks of like, you know, how do they react to this versus this versus this? And is the bear going to bite my head off or not? Uh, And then, uh, but when the bear inevitably does try to do that, uh, you then use the same stick to be like, get back, stay away. (laughs) (laughs) So it's proactive and reactive. It's both. It sounds like. Uh, Cool. Okay. Well, uh, my last question, and again, this is something that we started last episode uh, that I just said, I want to do now uh for every guest is uh what is footsies? And there's no wrong answers. I just want to see everyone everyone's because everyone's the definition is different. But uh we'll start with uh Mike. What is Footsies?
1: <laughs> to me, I mean it's kinda of like a philosophy, right? Like but Ooh. but it's like for it's me some way of life. <laughs> it's just like the way I think of it is I guess I would put it the safest it doesn't always have to be the safest, but I guess the main goal is to go from a neutral to an advantageous position. Or and, and like and that could be different. Like for Dawson, he starts in his advantageous position. So instead of going from neutral, you're trying to hold that position for as long as you can. Um with jury, I am trying to do her really good offensive mix-ups and so for me, uh, like if I'm fighting Chun, I'm thinking, how do I get past her fireball and force her to give me an opportunity? Or can I sneak in and poke with my own little forward to, to create my own opportunity if they're not giving that? And, and it's like a bait and switch of what your opponent is looking for at that moment. Are they looking to be offensive or are they looking to react to what you're doing and trying to exploit those to the best
0: of your ability?
1: Because the short answer is go from a neutral to an advantageous position.
0: And it's like a tug of war to, to be the, be the first person to do that, or the a race to be the first person to do that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's actually a really good point. Is that like we we spend a lot of time talking about the holy grail of neutral, but a lot of times the objective of neutral is to end neutral. <laughs> and <laughs> I, th- I think that's where a lot of the um, the issues with drive rush and drive impact start rearing their heads. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Chase, how about you? What what is footsie's?
3: Uh, I guess I never thought about it much, but uh, I guess it's yeah something similar of being like trying to get in a constant i guess yeah maintaining an advantage or like getting out of a disadvantage through a series of like rock paper scissors like decisions like cuz i feel like i it's not it's not necessarily rock paper scissors but it's just like a series of like this beats this this beats that this beats this like where like like a mix up character or like pressure also has its own set of like um I guess decisions that you're forced to make. It's like neutral almost has its own, like, kind of predetermined options that you play with. So, like, um, sometimes, like, when people glorify footsies, it's like, well, it's just like another mix up, just with a little more, like, free form in there. But, like, it's just you're constricted to these set of decisions and you're playing this, like, RPS dance with them almost. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, like spacing plus timing plus decision-making, like,
0: yeah, I think that that's, yeah, that's a good way to roll it up. Um, and I, part of the reason why I even asked this question to everybody is because of how amorphous that definition is. So it's interesting to to kind of see the differences there. Um, Cool. Well, I feel like I'm going to be asking myself what is footsie's by the end of this tournament because there's going to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of matches going on. I think pretty pretty soon here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I had one last question real quick for both of you guys. Um, what's something that tilts you or makes you crack when you're playing?
1: Do you you want me to go first or? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah. So for me, honestly, playing somebody, I'm either perceive myself or feel that i'm perceived by other people to not lose to and then have that match start to go sideways
2: okay so you know somebody that you're that you you know you're projected or you know you should most people would say that you should be winning and then all of a sudden like things are just not going your way
1: yeah it it was kind of similar to like what i was saying when i thought the x button fight was going to be easy i was like Mm. okay and, and I'm proud of myself for not necessarily cracking in that moment because I, it was way harder than I expected it to be and and uh, but I was able to, to pull through that but, but so that for sure is like when I was coming up, I would always have my best matches against people I was almost guaranteed to lose to whether it was John or like Nick or mocha or Yusuf like those were when I played on point. I just didn't have the skills required at the time yeah but if i was playing a random i didn't know and i didn't feel like i was supposed to lose to them then i would i would get tilted by that
0: it's like the (laughs) psychological position of being in a a, being in a position to to upset somebody or having to defend against that yeah yeah that's that's tough man
1: (laughs) and i i try and keep it in my mind that like anybody can beat you at any given moment you know and don't be like we've had that talk before don't beat yourself up about losses and part of that is trying to not crack in that moment or like you know feeling that that feeling coming on when the match isn't even over yet yeah yeah uh yeah and losing to that you know yeah, something, something big
2: in the sports too, like, you know, in, in basketball, like, you know, it's like shoot or shoot, right? Like, even if you're having like a bad shooting day, like you mentioned first 10 shots, like just keep shooting, right? Or um, like a quarterback throws an interception and like, there's this thing about like having uh, like a short term memory, right? When it comes to those kind of things, because like, that could be, like you said, that could be one round or that could be a game and like all of a sudden you're down a game, but you got to kind of like put that aside and just be like, you know what, let me play my game or... Why is it that I that I lost this? You know, maybe maybe take the you know that character select screen time and be like, okay, what what just happened there, right? And just kind of throwing that out of your mind and then just being, you know, resetting the situation.
3: Sure. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Chase? Um, something that gets me salty. Or just like,
2: I guess in game, like something that would like tilt you or you know or crap make you crack. Like, what's something that like for me, like. It's like when I'm in the corner and, like, if I make two bad decisions in a row and I'm, like, you know, if I if I expected a tech and I get hit. And then the next time I'm, like, all right, let me throw out a jab. And then I get thrown. And I'm, like, okay, this is just going, you know,
3: this is just oh. going
2: downhill from here. So what's what's something like that that causes you to tilt or to crack?
3: Huh. I guess uh, almost um, like how uh, – you guys were talking about like preemptive versus reactive. Like mm. if I'm playing, I try to play reactive, but if I'm playing someone who's just as like reactive or patient, like I'm like, I don't even know what, like sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, yeah. and then I play, I make like, like dumb errors. Cause I'm like recklessly going in. And then I just get like frustrated at myself. Cause I'm like, I'm just playing so sloppy right now. And yeah. then, like uh or no, just Christian, yeah, aren't you
0: exactly <laughs> christian has made
3: me such a better like patient player because he fucking like just like damn i'm playing his guile on what last friday and i'm like oh my gosh bro <laughs> but it's helped immensely but uh yeah just like figuring out like if they're gonna like play that way like, I have to figure out a better way to let, or you know, if they're going to play patient and I'm going to play patient, I have to f- figure it out without getting tilted and, like, just kind of rushing bull, like, bull rushing and then just getting, like, you know, clocked. Yeah.
2: Well, I can see that. I'm kind of in the opposite way because, like, I played, I, I actually played a bunch of Ryus this morning and, like, I was talking to John about this before. It's just, like, in the traditional games, like, in the older games, right, like, there would be fireball wars, right? And, like, you guys would just be chucking plasma and chucking fire back at each other and in this game like a lot of the real players i play are very rushed down heavy and it's just like i'm sitting there and i'm just like just throw a fireball like what are you doing this isn't how Ryu is supposed to be played and i'm just like well if everybody's doing this and you know obviously they're finding some success or maybe it's it's a matchup thing right and it's just like well I don't want to have a fireball war with Dawson because he's going to win that and his his normals are going to hit me from full screen and I'm going to get punished countered by getting, getting hit in the ankles and stuff right and i guess in some ways i never really thought about it that way i'm just like i want them you know i want them to play a certain way and then when they don't it's kind of just like I got to figure out a better way to deal with that. And like, I have to alter my game plan and start looking for anti airs more, start looking for like drive rushes and stuff like that.
0: I, I got a question for you, Benny. Um, just based on what you just said right now. Um, if a Dalsum if, if, if somebody runs away from you and you're Dalsum how does that make you feel?
2: I don't really mind it. I've seen, okay. like, it is the funniest thing for me to see people, for me to walk people down to the corner. Cause I got the slowest walk speed in the game. And, like, I'll throw a fireball, right? And, like, I see people just walk themselves into the corner, and then Dalsam has that stupid, like, walk where his arms are waiting like a gorilla, and I'm just like, <laughs> why are you putting yourself in the corner? Like, I don't know if they think that that's advantageous for them or, like, maybe they don't think I have good corner offense. But, like, I love when people are in the corner because I think that's, that's where I do a lot of really good work. That's why, like, when I get put in the corner, I don't really necessarily get upset about it because I'm like, well – I love when people are in the corner so you know why am i gonna be mad about this
0: So they don't so you don't feel uncomfortable like starting offense against somebody that's trying to play defensively or play reactive
2: no not really it kind of just gives me a chance to kind of mm-hmm. in some ways uh establish like what else they might try to do because at that point i might try throwing like our arch fireball and see like how they react to that because some people like they try to jump it Or some people forget about it because, like the roundhouse one, goes off the screen, like at the top of its arc.
0: Yeah. So
2: I'll throw it, and some people don't look at it, and then they'll just get hit by it. So yeah, I don't, I don't really mind it at all. It's like, I mean, in in like even especially like uh, uh, the JP match. A lot of them like to walk back, and I'm like, you do know I can like teleport and be in your face like right now, right? And like, (laughs) I find I found a lot of success actually with that recently in terms of them trying to start up, you know the all the, all the stuff that they're doing. And instead of me even like attempting to do a normal, it'll just be like normal teleport and I can get like a punish counter throw or a counter hit throw from there.
3: Okay.
0: Well, um, we have to get ready to, to, to enter this tournament coming up here in five minutes. So I'm going to call the show here. <laughs> uh, so what, what'll happen is, uh, we're going to keep uh, on the, on the line here and then, uh, anybody that, uh, wants to listen to an absolute extra we'll make a separate video of that and uh you'll be able to hear us more in, in a more natural state as like just shooting the shit for during the tournament and you'll get an understanding of like what a online tournament with buddies so- sounds like for us here in arizona um but for <laughs> now we'll go ahead and conclude this episode uh any shout outs thrasher uh we'll start with you
1: yeah you know shout outs to my wife for 15 years you know She'll kill me if I don't say that. So, <laughs> um, shout outs to John Velociraptor for running these tournaments. TGZ guys for keeping our scene alive and running tournaments as well. Um, you know, rest in peace, contender. We, we miss you already. <laughs> um, thanks for having me on again. It's been a lot of fun. It's always good to hang out with you guys. Uh, yeah, that's
0: about it. Cool. How about you, Chase? Parting words?
3: uh yeah i guess just shout out uh yeah shout out both johns you know porter john velociraptor uh (laughs) thanks for you know run the tournaments and just you know the whole az scene in general uh shout outs to my uh team for the team tournament we fucking won so we're sick (laughs) but uh um yeah that's it you know thanks for thanks for having me on you know it was a lot of fun cool
0: all right. Well, you can find us on uh, Twitch at twitchtv series, YouTube at youtube.com/spiralseries, and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Absolute Guard. Thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.